This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Josh Senders of Tidbits and Take Control Books, who tells me he has trimmed his beard. It's no longer as long as the one that Jim Dalrymple has but certainly not nearly as long as the one that Mel Gibson has. (laughs) A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I don't think he has a beard. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) I don't have a beard at all. I don't do the beard thing. I once did a mustache, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, back in my late 20s till my early 30s, I had a mustache. And many of you who have seen me You see the picture of me that's on Facebook, and I'm a little older now, but it's kind of like the same guy. Well, you know, guess what? That guy doesn't do well with a beard. So I'm not going to do a beard, and I envy those who can get away with it, and you can get away with it. But we're not going to talk about beards here, unless a sponsor joins us who does beard trimming or something like that. If you're available, go to news at technightowl.com, and we'll give you our ad rates. But in all seriousness aside here, the big debate here is still about Apple's decisions for the MacBook Pro. Did you expect it to be fairly controversial? I'm surprised it's as controversial as it has been. It seems like people are just debating it endlessly. I know in our uh, private tidbits Slack uh, yeah, we've just been talking about it constantly since it was announced. Okay, what are the what's the chatter you're getting from this? What do your readers say? Uh, oh, there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of sense that Apple doesn't really care about professionals, and there is this growing sentiment. It seems that Apple is too focused on gimmicks and it's too focused on thinness and lightness at the cost of price performance and you know these other things that people seem to want but but here's the thing is i keep asking people well what would make this more of a professional machine for you i never get a consistent answer it's something different every time people don't seem to really have like there's nothing everyone can agree on so the inconsistencies what do they want they don't want a touch bar do they just want cheaper they want more ports. What do they want? There's a few of those things. I would say if there's three maybe consistent things, one of them would be the price. A lot of people feel that these machines are overpriced. I, I can't argue with that. They are very expensive. Uh, the other thing I've heard consistently is that they top out at 16 gigabytes of RAM, which just a year or two ago, that would have seemed unfathomable to me, but I have 16 gigabytes of RAM in my iMac right now, and I use every bit of it. So I can understand why if you did something more intensive, then uh, you would be 
a bit disheartened. But here's the thing. There's actually, I mean, that's really an Intel limitation because the low power RAM for Skylake isn't there yet. So you do have some Windows machines, some Windows laptops that do have 3264 gigabytes of RAM. But the battery life is atrocious. We're talking an hour to a battery life. Now, this and- is an important point that Phil Schiller made, and we should take heat on this. The native architecture of these Intel chips is 16 gigabytes. If you want more, you've got to use a different kind of memory management system. And if you do, you give up battery life, which is exactly what's happening in PC land. They're making a compromise. Apple admits this is a compromise because people want all-day battery life, not five hours. Well, and what's the point of buying a laptop and paying that premium you know, you don't get as good a performance on a portable as you do on a desktop machine like an iMac or a Mac Pro. So what's the point of sacrificing, you know, eight hours or so of battery life, you know, 80% of the battery life of the machine for, for more RAM? You know, I understand Apple's decision there. I can see why people are frustrated, but I think Apple totally made the right call there. And and really the finger, you know, it, it goes to Intel. I mean, that's that's who you can point the finger at. They, they're... They're just not keeping up with stuff. So, for example, they're using Skylake chips. There's a current family called KB Lake. That's a pretty crazy name. Mm -hmm. But the KB Lake chips are only available in quantity in dual core. To get the quad core, which is used for the MacBook Pro, it's not out yet. It's not available in quantity. So Apple couldn't buy it. And even if they did, it still wouldn't offer the memory management natively for more than 16 gigabytes. It maybe would yield a little bit more performance, but overall, it's easier probably from a design standpoint to make 13 and 15 inch models with the same chip family. Right, well now, yeah, the 13 inch MacBook Pros are stuck with dual core while the 15 inch are quad core. And that's something I was kind of just, that's something I find personally a little frustrating, but I'm sure there's probably power and heat reasons why Apple did that. But the, let's see, so there's cost, there's memory. I'm trying to think what the, what the third point was with uh, that professional seemed it irked at. But there's there's just no real, uh, you know, I, hear, I just keep hearing different answers. And the things that people, uh, you know, get annoyed about, uh, it's, it's stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily under Apple's control, like the RAM thing. I, I think there's probably a bigger frustration with the desktop space. The Mac Pro has been what, over three years now without an update. The iMac is kind of up to date, but it, it could probably use at least a small update. And so I think people who are stuck in the OS, well, sorry, not OS 10, the Mac OS ecosystem now, people who are tied to the Mac OS ecosystem are saying, hey, where's where's the attention to us? Because right now the only, the up, the only up-to-date professional model machine you're offering is this laptop and this may not necessarily be what i need oh and the ports the ports is the other thing i was going to mention um which frank i mean i I think apple the right thing for apple to have done here would have been to include a usb-c or thunderbolt 3 dock or at least some of the dongles in the box you know just as they did with the iphone 7 they knew there'd be this outcrow of the headphone jack, and they they mostly cut that off at the pass by including the headphone adapter, the lightning to headphone adapter in the box. So I think if they had thrown in a couple of dongles, and these are expensive machines, these are super expensive machines. I don't think that would be much to ask 
um, to cut in that profit margin just a little bit. I mean, even if these are professional users and maybe they can afford it, but you know, just just throw them in. It just is a goodwill thing. Just to say, hey, look, we're we're transitioning here. This is going to be bumpy for everyone. Here's some adapters with the computer. You're spending seventeen hundred dollars or more on the computer. Here, here's here's some you know here's a hundred dollars worth of adapters. I don't think that would have been much to ask. Apple traditionally has never done that. Apple traditionally has gone through port migrations, and they figure in a year it settles down. And this is for more uniform design. I don't know. I agree with you. An old-fashioned USB port would be nice. An adapter free would be nice. But maybe Apple is saying it's just like we got rid of the floppies and all these other changes. There is also another change in the audio port, the headphone port. There's no longer digital audio out. You probably read about this. Really? I know that's this is the first I've heard about that. So that's that's interesting. Well, apparently the answer to this from Schiller is yeah, but a lot of the professional gear people use, they're connecting via USB. They don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, if you look at the way we have things set up for the Tech Night Out Live and the Powercast, we have an outboard mixer. It's a Behringer mixer with a USB port. I don't think I've ever used the headphone jack on my iMac. Well, see, now that's, that's interesting. Now I'm wondering why they didn't just drop the headphone jack. You know, I read that Schiller interview, and he was talking about how a lot of professionals use the headphone jack. But I don't, I don't know any professional audio people who would use a built-in headphone jack. Let me break it here. We'll go on. All right. We've got more to come about headphone jacks. With Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we are fighting to end premature birth and birth defects along with the March of Dimes. You can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together, we can save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Neighbors, would you like to know the best way, the absolute numero uno best way for you to support this show? Sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus for a modest monthly subscription rate. And we have annual five-year lifetime subscriptions too. You get the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio. To learn more and simple sign-up instructions, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot TechNightHowl.com. We're talking about the controversy over the MacBook Pro. And the answer that Phil Schiller gave, by the way, to the fact that the headphone jack is still there is because a lot of people who use these products don't have wireless headsets. They're into more audio quality, so they, they want a direct connection. The customer base is different. They felt with an iPhone, more and more people can just use wireless. 
Right. So I don't really buy that because most, just like you said, you don't use the headphone jack because now it's better in Macs than in most PCs, but the headphone jacks and computers tend to be very noisy because there's a lot of electronic interference going on inside a computer. Uh, you know, I've had this before, you know, with the PC I owned previously, I never used the headphone jack because every time I moved the mouse, you'd hear through the, through the headphone jack as quiet as it was. And so a lot of these folks use uh, some kind of USB audio card, some kind of USB adapter that cuts out that noise. Well, and, and this is why I find it frustrating. The headphone jack remains in the MacBook pro because those headphone jacks, Maybe it'll be less so with the with that optical audio out, but they're, they're prone to failure. I've written about this in tidbits before. I've, I've had this problem a few times with Macs. Uh, it's a recurring problem. There's a little tiny switch, a little hardware switch inside the headphone jack of a Mac. If this switch gets stuck, the computer will be convinced that you have headphones plugged in even when you don't. And you can't play audio through the speakers because that entire mechanism is controlled through this little tiny switch. The only way to fix that is to get a whole new logic board. You can't just switch out the headphone jack. It's just super frustrating. And I personally would rather just give me an extra USB-C port and I, you know, I can plug something in to that and you know get some kind of adapter. I would much rather do that. In fact, I may I'll probably do that anyway and just leave that port alone. So I just find it very baffling that Apple is moving away from this headphone jack and they had all these reasons for doing it in the iPhone 7. Yet they, they keep this old, crappy, unreliable headphone jack uh, in this MacBook Pro. And frankly, you know, I've had so much I've had so many problems with uh, the Mac headphone jack. I'd rather just not have it. Apple actually did a survey. I saw it linked in one of the Mac websites where they asked about the headphone jack Mac users. And I suspect most said, you know what? We prefer to have it than not have it. And that might dictate their conclusion. It may be wrong. That's their assessment. But then again, they've already done controversial things on the MacBook Pro. And the headphone jack at this point would have been one step too far. Now, let's also not forget here when we look at the prices. Do you remember what the first MacBook Air cost? Uh, I know. I remember it was ridiculous. It was like what three, three grand or so. No, it was like seventeen ninety nine or something. Really, it was several hundred dollars more. By two thousand ten, the price came way down, and then it got a little bit lower over the next couple of years. Now, remember the fact also that the MacBook Pro that the current model replaced also once was several hundred dollars more than it is now a price pretty close to the price of the new models. But after a year or two, it came down. They amortized their development costs and their cost of buying new components with quantity, and they got past it. And one of the industry analysts that we all read about suggested by next year, that price is going to come down somewhat. Remember the 27-inch iMac with 5K Retina display debuted at $2499, Today, you get an almost identical model with a newer chip family with the wider color gamut for $19.99, a 20% reduction. So what I'm saying here is that will change. Right. I think that's part of the problem with the Mac lineup right now. As Adam Inks pointed out in our coverage of this new MacBook Pro, you know, back in the day, 20 years ago or so, when, when Steve Jobs came to Apple, he drew this four-square grid. 
and put everything into you know desktop consumer desktop professional portable consumer portable uh, portable professional and now they're still offering the old macbook pros they're still offering the 13 inch air there's you know they have the macbook i mean they, they just have products all over this all over the place in the portable line and i think the problem is apple sees the vision as the macbook is consumer portable the MacBook Pro is a professional portable. The problem is the prices haven't lined up yet. The uh, The MacBook is still, at least at the margins they want, the MacBook is still have an expensive computer. It's not much less expensive than even, you know, than the uh, touch barless uh, MacBook Pro, which you know, I'm, I'm not sure why they even call that a MacBook Pro. They should just call that a MacBook. So I, I think that's kind of the problem Apple's having right now. They see this future as you know being ultra thin Retina, super fast SSD, all this stuff, but the prices aren't where they need them yet. In fact, I was surprised that Apple killed the 13-inch SuperDrive MacBook Pro because those, those are still super popular machines. I have friends who who have bought Macs recently. I tell them I'm like, well. Don't get that one. And then sure enough, they come home from the Apple store with that old 2012 model with the SuperDrive because it has more stuff in it and it's also kind of cheap. So I think the challenge for Apple over the next year or so is to get that MacBook down to about $1,000 base model and to get the MacBook Pro you know, closer to $1,500 starting out. I'm talking about the, the Touch Bar MacBook Pro. But it'll happen. It'll happen. It just it'll just take time. And it's one of those things. You know, it's funny. For as much as people say Apple isn't particularly ambitious with the Mac anymore, I think they're more ambitious than uh, the technology currently allows. At least Intel's technology. I do believe that the prices will come down. I think we're in a period of transition. So maybe if you want a brand new Mac, wait till next year. No doubt there'll be other new Macs in the spring, probably because the chips will be available for the iMac. And maybe they'll make a decision regarding the Mac Pro because the KB Lake Xeons aren't even available yet in anything more than four cores. So the chips that Apple may want to use for a Mac Pro may not come till spring. So when you add all things together, there may be another Mac product introduction in March or April. And then by fall of next year, if the 27-inch iMac with 5K retina display is an example, it'll be less expensive. But the transition is where you pay. If you must have it now, you got to pay through the nose to get it. If you're willing to wait that telltale year for production problems to be resolved, economies of scale to take over, I think you'll see a lower price. I agree with this one industry analyst. Now, there's another issue we should talk about here, which is two contradictory reports about potential sales of the MacBook Pro. And we'll get into that in a moment. We have Josh Centers. He's a managing editor of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm going to ask him also about the TV app for iOS and fourth generation Apple TV in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. If you or someone you love is suffering from hearing loss, please stay tuned for a special free offer from the makers of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers to fit the ear almost invisibly, and it can be adjusted to find the perfect way to hear everything in every listening environment. Right now, we're offering absolutely free in-home trials to everyone who calls now. 1-800-957-9652. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also receive free shipping and free batteries for life. Listen Clear is lightweight and practically invisible, so people won't notice when you're wearing it. So again, if you or someone you love is suffering from hearing loss, please give them or yourself this life-changing 100% free in-home trial with free shipping and free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-957-9652. That's 1-800-957-9652. 1 800 957 9652. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So who is the industry analyst? I don't know his name offhand. Josh Sanders has said that the demand for the new MacBook Pros was not very good. And then Phil Schiller says, my God, we have more pre-orders for this product than any other MacBook Pro. The demand is off the charts, whatever. Do we believe Apple spin or what? I'll put it to you like this, Gene. I I don't really listen to analysts. There's maybe a couple I like, but I, I do know certain indicators. And here's my indicator. I ordered one of the new MacBook Pros uh, you know, a day or two after the announcement, and I'm not getting it until December. It'll be almost Christmas time. It's gonna be it's over a month that it's due at my door. So unless there's some kind of huge production problem or something, Apple's having a hard time keeping up. So I, I say anytime Apple is selling as many as they can make, uh, I think they're doing pretty good. You know, Al, I made this point on Twitter the other day. I said, you know, hey, if if, if no, if everyone hates these things, why does it take a month to get mine? <laughs> so I think they're doing pretty well. And everyone's talking about them. You know, you can say what you will about these MacBook Pros, but here we are. It's been over a week since since Apple announced it. We're still talking about it. When's the last time people were talking about MacBook Pros a week after launch? They, I mean, they've become a very kind of boring product. In I fact, I from see this, more chatter on this than even the iMac with the 5K Retina display, because that was thought of as a toy for rich people, not the mainstream 27-inch iMac, which it is now, because it's exactly the same price as the previous models without that enhanced display. But that was one thing. You know, I don't think it was taken as seriously because at first it was one niche model, variation of a product. Now, that's all they're talking about, especially the touch bar. The touch bar to me, is not the province of the regular user because they won't care. Okay, whatever it is, okay, I'll get used to it. Most people don't use the function keys at all or use a couple. But those who are using lots of apps and those apps become touch bar savvy are going to benefit. I mean, Apple made a big deal. I know Kirk McElhern didn't think it made much of a deal to mention the fact that Macs are popular with DJs. But obviously, that's an important market for some people. And having that app become savvy, having Microsoft say, hey, we're going to support this very soon. Adobe saying, we're going to support this very soon. It shows to me that these companies think Touch Bar is important because a lot of things like that, features that are exclusive to Mac, Adobe and Microsoft don't always support. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we know for sure Adobe's going to support it. We know for sure Microsoft's going to support it. So that's interesting, right? It surprised so, me yeah. because I figured they'd be the last to support it. Right. Well, you can tell that Apple put you know, a lot of thought and effort into these partnerships, which which I think is smart. I will be curious if the smaller developers like, I don't know, like Rogue Amoeba support these uh, right away. But developers seem interested in the touch bars, so, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I'll be curious to try it out. I do think the most interesting thing 
about the Touch Bar. Um, Steve Trotton Smith, who's who's an Apple developer, he uh, he started digging around in this thing as soon as they announced it, and he figured out that essentially the Touch Bar is is an Apple Watch. The chip it runs on, the T1 chip, is very similar to the uh, S chip that is used in the Apple Watch. It actually runs its own operating system that's a variant of the of the Apple Watch OS of the Watch OS. So, you know, and that's sort of the interesting thing. You know, I've always told people, even if you hate the Apple Watch, and even if it's a long-term flop for Apple, the R&D from the Apple Watch has been invaluable. You know, just think of all the things Apple has learned by creating the Apple Watch. You know, the, the Force Touch, uh, you know, battery management, uh, and, you know, now they're taking that technology and they're putting it into the Mac. So it, it's just, it's fascinating to, to think that, oh, yeah, you'll have an Apple Watch basically built into your MacBook. And I see also this is the beginning. Apple is going to look for adding other system functions with this accessory processor, an operating system. It doesn't mean that Macs will be powered by ARM chips, but by offloading certain functions that can be shared with iOS to an iOS system and chip, it also improves battery life. Right. If you had uh, any money placed on uh, the next MacBook having an ARM chip in it, you technically won. So you, sh- you should collect your money. It's not it's not an ARM-based Mac, as we might have thought, but it definitely has an ARM chip in it. So, Yes, isn't that interesting? But I see that. Apple will more and more offload these functions, but also does things that makes it exclusive to Apple. It's going to be exceedingly difficult for PC makers to say, okay, how do we duplicate something like a touch bar? Because Apple's got to do it with two different operating systems and two different system chips. They got to do it with ARM and Intel in the same box. What the heck does Dell do or HP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and no one can really compete with this, right? Because Apple has built up uh, this enormous chip business. And yeah, and they own that entire stack outside the Intel part, right? So yeah, Dell... I'm I'm sure PC makers will figure out some sort of way to copy it. They always do, but it won't be it won't be the same. Sure, but if you look at this also, in large part, the PC makers, except for two and ones, have followed Apple. I mean, every slim, cute notebook now is a MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. They follow that. Apple, in the meantime, is retiring the MacBook Air because the MacBook is the next generation. It will take the place of the MacBook Air by price alone by next year. I think we all kind of expect that. So this is Apple's direction, which they're telling you, but how the heck do other companies do it? Again, Apple has the ability to do all this custom stuff that nobody can. Now, the other question I have here is, can Apple do this with a keyboard? I'm talking about, say, a magic keyboard too with mm-hmm. built-in touch ID or uh, touchpad built-in touchpad so do they embed the chip and everything within this new keyboard because the real way to make touchbar work especially for small developers who have to do this extra work they're going to have to make it possible for anyone with a Mac theoretically to get a keyboard that has a touchbar Right, and that's that's been a heavy topic of debate at Tidbits because, you know, on one hand, 
right now you have something of a fragmented uh, situation where you have this touch bar. Now, now, the developer documents are very clear. They say you should not require the touch bar. But it still makes things kind of fragmented. You know, you go from your MacBook Pro with the touch bar to your iMac doesn't have it. So I think at some point Apple is going to have to figure out how to bring this to desktop. The, there's two problems with that, though. The first one is fairly easy. The first one is battery life. You know, if you have this touch bar in a, in a Magic Keyboard, uh, you'll have to recharge it more. But the Magic Keyboard has a lightning port, so you know, we're used to charging stuff, and it'll probably be there at your desk. And if you're like me, you have a, you have a free lightning uh, cable at your desk anyway to charge your iPhone, iPad, uh, Magic Trackpad, whatever you got. So that's not that big of a deal. And also, a, ba- a keyboard can have a much bigger battery than a... Uh, than an iPhone or even maybe an iPad can because weight's not as big of a deal. In fact, heavier is better for a keyboard. That's not the biggest uh, problem in the world. The bigger problem is what to do with this secure enclave that you use for Touch ID and, uh, you know, in in this this touch bar thing. So, um, you know, the, the specifications for the secure enclave are very tight. You know, they're, they even have it set up in the chip so that even inside the circuit, there's as little tra- travel time as possible to get to the secure enclave. They want as little chance for interception as possible. And so uh, I'll be curious to see if, you know, can they have a secure enclave in a Bluetooth device? Maybe they have to make it a wired keyboard, which doesn't seem like an Apple thing. Let's go on here with more to come from Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft dot d-e slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Today, living in the United States means that your online privacy is at risk. Regaining that privacy means going abroad. Privacy Abroad offers secure online privacy because our servers are located in Switzerland, a safe haven for digital communications. As a law-abiding citizen, you have nothing to hide, but you certainly have something to lose. Regain your Fourth Amendment rights and your peace of mind. Go to patriot.privacyabroad.com now. That's patriot.privacyabroad.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we're talking here about the possibility of an external Mac keyboard, a magic keyboard too with touch bar. I don't think they would even try to use Touch ID. I think that will gradually become part of the hardware support, the built-in hardware support. I don't see it happening right now. I think that's going to be more the province of notebooks because they're transported around and the level of security you expect is going to be higher. It'll come in future max, but not at the start. That's what I think. I might be wrong. And maybe that's what they do with a Magic Keyboard, too. Maybe they have a touch bar without Touch ID, although I think that would be a crying shame because, uh, you know, one of the things I really miss on my Mac versus my iPhone is being able to unlock apps like 1Password or my banking apps with Touch ID. So, yeah, I guess we'll just see. But there are some definite security concerns there. 
In any case, I'm going to ask the same question of you I asked Kirk McElhern last week. You going to buy one? I already bought one. <laughs> I bought a, I got the 13-inch touch basic touch bar model with the 16 gigabytes of RAM. And as much of a ripoff as that $200 charges for the 16 gigabytes of RAM, uh, I highly recommend anyone who orders one to get the 16 gigabytes because you'll probably regret it if you don't. And it's going to make a big difference. Definitely going to make a big difference. Now, obviously, having faster drives also helps. Apple also reduced the price of solid-state drive upgrades. It's still not enough, but I'm told, at least on the new MacBook Pro's Based on the iFixit teardown of the non-touch bar model, that drive is removable, meaning Hmm. ultimately, if you can get in there, you could go to Otherworld Computing Mac sales and buy one for half the price that Apple charges. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thankfully, I don't don't need a lot of space in this one. I got it comes with uh, 256 gigabytes. And I use just a little bit more than that in my uh, desktop iMac machine. And this machine is really going to be more of a pure work machine, you know, so all my stuff will mostly be in the cloud or, you know, on a server somewhere. And, uh, you know, and I, well, and the, Apple's introduced a lot of stuff to make it so you don't have to use as much storage space. You know, they have this desktop and document syncing and they have um, iCloud photo library. They have the optimization there, Apple Music. You know, optimizes space pretty well. Uh, Mac OS Sierra actually can save you a ton of hard drive space with all or SSD space with all the um, optimization features. So, for not being my main machine, I think it'll do just fine. Okay, I don't know about me. I need a new notebook computer. I have a 2010 17 inch MacBook Pro, but I like big notebooks, so it would be a 15 inch model, and that's way beyond what I can do right now. Maybe next year, all things being equal, the money being available, I consider it. Again, I think a lot of people would be best advised, unless you need a MacBook Pro now, just wait. It'll only get better. Wait for the version 1.0 bugs to be massaged out of the system. Wait for more developers to support Touch Bar. Wait maybe for the ability to have 32 gigabytes of memory without using a funky memory controller and killing battery life. Now, one thing I noticed, I've read all these interviews that Phil Schiller did, and I just wonder here why nobody seems to have ever said to Phil, hey, what's going on with the Mac Pro? He could say, you know, we have nothing to announce now. He could say anything, but why isn't that question being asked? Were they told before the interview, don't ask about other Macs? I bet probably, yeah. Probably. That is one critique I would levy at Apple. You know, they need to address the Mac Pro and the Mac Mini. They need to say something, whether that's hold on, we're coming around to it or sorry, these aren't the future. We're, We're moving away from that. They need to say something, even if something isn't ready yet. They just need to indicate that you know just thumbs up or thumbs down yeah yeah we're going to we're going to make a new one or nah nah we're we're done or they could have an intermediary thing is we continue to support the mac with the best hardware available but we have nothing to announce right now that's all it doesn't imply anything I think those models are done. I don't think Apple's interested in selling computers without built-in screens. 
You know, I, I think they want to sell like iPhone, iPad. Those have screens. Apple Watch has a screen. They want to sell MacBook Pro that has a screen. They want to sell iMac has a screen because that's that's just the Apple philosophy. They want to sell you an appliance. They want to sell you an all-in-one thing. They don't want to sell you a box that has cables going everywhere. And Apple hates cables anyway. Now, um, the uh, thing to bear in mind also here, we don't know what's going to happen with the next iMac. There are eight core chips in the core family. Now, if they come out with an iMac next spring, it's got an eight core processor as an option. It drives two external 5K displays. Okay? Two external 5K displays. Maybe there's a way to add, in addition to a fusion drive, two full internal SSDs. Suddenly, how many people need a Mac Pro? Right. Well, and when they introduced the Retina iMac, a lot of professional users, you know, said, oh, this is what I need. And they, you know, they sold their Mac Pros and bought iMacs. Mark Armand was one of those people. The Mac Pro has, you know, it was a niche machine when it came out. And it's become increasingly niche as uh, time has gone on. You know, most, unless you do a lot of video work, um, which granted, I think is an important segment of, of Mac users, um, you don't need all that power. And really, for most people, the Mac Pro is too expensive. It's too complicated. Um, you know, and it doesn't give them what they need. Um, now, as I said, this enhanced iMac, eight core processor, okay, eight cores, two internal drives, the ability to run two external 5K displays, all this stuff, four USB C ports. All the professional stuff. But you can buy one fully outfitted for the mid-3000s, possibly with one two-terabyte drive and the low $4,000 range with two two-terabyte SSDs. Again, where does that leave the Mac Pro? That 5,000 people will buy one every year? Right. I... Like I said, I don't see the Mac Pro, the Mac Mini carrying on. I see, you know, I I agree with you. I think it's more likely they'll try to make a professional grade iMac. I'm really hoping at some point, and maybe they're trying to do this now. I really hope they get back to that four square model. You know, uh, professional desktop, consumer desktop, consumer portable, consumer uh, professional. Uh, portable. You know, get back to that simplicity. Because uh, right now the whole product line is kind of a mess. There's lots of outdated products they're still selling. Uh, I, I just, just simplify it. Just, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, cut things off, just do it. Just, you know, <laughs> sever the limb, you know, cut the umbilical cord, you know, whatever weird analogy you want to use there. But, you know, just get on with it. You know, the, don't sell people old stuff. Don't don't leave uh, Mac Mini and Mac Pro users hanging. Let them know what the vision is, because I, I think above all else, what's really frustrating people right now isn't anything with the MacBook Pro. I think there's are good machines, all things considered, giving, you know, the current techno- technological limits. I think the problem is people don't understand what the vision is. People don't like. I'm invested in this ecosystem. I want to stay in this ecosystem, but I need to know where it's going. I didn't know in five years whether it's going to fulfill my needs or not. So whatever Apple is thinking, it needs to share that with everybody. 
You hear that, Apple? Let's move to another area where we might have questions. We expected Apple to do all sorts of big, wonderful, super things with a living room. So they have fourth-generation Apple TV. Is that all there is? Well, Minecraft is coming to Apple TV. So maybe that helps in terms of gaming. But maybe. But what about the TV app? Let's talk about this in our next segment. The new TV app, which is supposed to be a hub for all your TV activity, except for the two largest streaming networks. You can't get them. And one you'll never get, the other maybe it'll come later. We can talk about that because, let's face it, Josh Centers wrote the book about the Apple TV, didn't he? That's that's true. Yeah, it's a Take Control book from TakeControlBooks.com. Remember to check out Tech Night Owl Plus, the best way to support our show. Go to plus.technightowl.com. Once again, visit plus.technightowl.com. A couple of more segments with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. From the pages of the Bible comes a terrifying account of an ancient beast that was half man, half demon. It is returned in the best-selling novel Nephilim by L.A. Marzulli. Indiegogo presents you with an opportunity to get involved in making this supernatural novel into a major motion picture. Join journalist Mac McKenzie as he travels halfway around the world to uncover the truth about aliens and demons. Join our Indiegogo campaign to get Nephilim made into a movie. Go to Indiegogo.com, hashtag Nephilim. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So before we go to the limitations, Josh, what about the forthcoming TV app? 
It's interesting because everything seems to indicate that the Apple TV was designed to ship with this. As uh, my friend Zach Tsuchi uh, pointed out, the TV icon on the home button on the serial remote is the same as the app icon for TV. And here's what's interesting is in this upcoming Apple TV update, I, I missed this the first time I heard the announcement, but I think this is such an important point and it really changes the way i look at the apple tv and it may mean some big changes for the next edition of my apple tv book but when you press that home button it will no longer take you to the springboard it'll no longer take you to the grid of apps it will take you to that tv app so the apple tv is shifting to be more like the apple watch because in the apple watch the app launcher isn't the main screen the home screen isn't the isn't the main screen it's the watch face and so with this update, with the Apple TV, the TV app will be like the watch face on watchOS. So I think that's interesting because it's yet another Apple product that's moving away from that app-first model to more of a oh, the Apple Watch. You have this t- kind of time complication-based model uh, as befits a watch. And on the TV, it's going to be more of a content. So uh, it's a huge paradigm shift. For the Apple TV, and I don't think a lot of people have caught on to that yet, just just how big of a deal I think this is. Of course, the problem now is, as you mentioned, Amazon not supporting it isn't a surprise. Amazon and Apple have their horns locked right now, but uh, Netflix isn't supporting it. Now, Netflix has a lot of reasons not to support it. For one, Netflix needs viewer data. They need it. Because this is how they decide where to spend their money on shows. You know, they bought House of Cards because they knew people like David Fincher and they knew people liked Kevin Spacey and they knew those two things overlapped. And so they knew already that they were buying a hit when they invested in House of Cards. And they do this with all their shows. They know that their viewers are Marvel fans, and that's why they've invested so much into Marvel stuff. They know where their dollars are best spent acquiring content for their service because of that data. So that's going to be a hard thing for Apple to get around. And right now, as as we speak, hopefully it will be published as people are listening to this. So right now, AT&T wants to buy Time Warner. I think Apple should make a competing bid. I think they should try to acquire Time Warner. Because Apple, if it wants to compete in these spaces, it has to have content. Content is a unique form of currency. Think of it like poker chips. Money can only do so much. Because let's face it, Amazon and Netflix have all the money they could ever want. Money doesn't mean that much in this space. But these these content poker chips do. You know, for instance, one of the things they tout with Amazon Prime is we have all these HBO shows. Now, if Apple owned Time Warner, suddenly it would have leverage. They would say, gee, you sure do like having those, those our HBO shows. Well, we would like to have an Amazon app on the Apple TV. Maybe we can work something out. Oh, it'd be a shame if you lost those HBO shows. Apple could do that if it owned Time Warner. Yeah, you know, but if- right now we have the deal in place. And if something is going to happen, that deal would have to go sideways. And if it went sideways... It would be for the same reasons it would go sideways with Apple, which is, of course, the size of the deal, media concentration, and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump have spoken out against uh, this AT&T Time Warner merger. I think if you can get those two to agree on anything, that's kind of a bad sign. It's also a bad sign that the Department of Justice is suing DirecTV 
which is owned by AT&T, because apparently they were blocking out uh, Dodgers games. Things aren't looking good for that deal. Well, and furthermore, you know, now that we know Time Warner is for sale, Tim Cook could pick up the phone, call the people at Time Warner, and just, down. Oh, so AT&T's offering, what, $80 billion? He could say, eh, $85 billion, and could kick off a bidding war. I'm not sure if, if the gambit would work. And there are some caveats. They could tick some people off doing this. But, you know, I think an Apple Time Warner deal is much more likely to be approved than an AT&T Time Warner deal. Because people are – regulators are leery of these telecoms and they're leery of the power they have. And people are leery of AT&T. You know, people haven't forgotten Ma Bell, even though this is technically a different AT&T than we had 30, 40 years ago. But there, there's still that mm, – it's, it's a red flag. Right. There is other consolidation going on in the industry. So CenturyLink, which is descended from one of the smaller baby bells, Quest, remember that? They just bought what they call a one of the backbone providers, Level 3, one of the largest backbone providers. So they gain a big leg up on the Internet because they're not just controlling their own pipes, but a company whose pipes are used for interconnecting with data centers and other ISPs. That's level three. So look it up. So that's very interesting that that's happening. More to the point here, as far as AT&T is concerned, the quality of their customer service has notably declined since the DirecTV acquisition. I kind of think here that it's possible there will be so many deep restrictions on the Time Warner deal, it may not go through anyway. But even then, what reason is there for Time Warner to sell itself? They've already divested themselves of the cable division. Mm-hmm. They unwound the deal with AOL, the match made in hell in 2000. In fact, it's interesting here, the founder of AOL, Steve Case, he was quoted as saying in regard to the new deal, deja vu. <laughs> I, well, it's interesting because I was looking at Time Warner's financials as I've been writing this editorial, and Time Warner is a pretty healthy business. You know, they're seeing growth, they're seeing profit. I mean, not like Apple level profit, but they're making they're making a steady one and a half billion to two billion dollar profit every quarter. You know, Apple makes about nine billion in profit per quarter. So you know, you know, it's it's not chump change. So they seem to be a healthy business. And so I can't quite understand why Time Warner would want to sell itself. There must be something we don't know here. See, one of the worries I've heard is that Time Warner and Apple's cultures would clash. I've heard, you know, it would be like Sony, where, you know, the, the content divisions fight with the hardware divisions. But the, but the difference here is Time Warner can take care of itself, and it can be insulated from the rest of Apple. Sure, you know, but be- why are they selling themselves except to give the CEO of Time Warner a big paycheck? Not probably. <laughs> I think we're equally cynical there. But, yeah, it's curious. I I don't know why. I I think probably the bigger thing is is that everyone sees where the shifts are going. And, you know, Time Warner, even if it's not in the cable business, is still in the cable business, right? I mean, in the sense that they own these cable networks. They don't know where the future is going. They want some insurance. And that's what AT&T wants. But Apple wants that insurance, too, because Apple has said we need to get into content because that is the ultimate insurance. If you're a telecom or a technology company, you have to own those content poker chips. And the content companies want insurance, too, because they don't know how people are going to view their content in 5, 10, 20 years. You know, will people still go to movie theaters? Will people still have cable boxes? You know, how is this going to work? 
And so I think you know Apple would be a good pairing for that because Apple has a solution. Apple can say, ah, the TV app. You can watch CNN through the TV app. We will make this happen. And it's the same reason, you know, it's the same thing AT&T can offer. But I think Apple probably has a better grasp on what the actual future is. AT&T has the advantage of AT&T actually owns the lines. It owns the phone lines, uh, the fiber lines, uh, the satellites, uh, what have you. So both have a lot to offer Time Warner, and Time Warner has a lot to offer both companies because Time Warner, think about how powerful Time Warner is. They have CNN, TNT, TBS. Think of the characters they own, Bugs Bunny, Batman, Superman, Harry Potter. You know, I mean, just right there. They own Game of Thrones. You know, uh, Time Warner is a powerhouse. You know, and if Apple were to acquire Time Warner, they would suddenly have the biggest leverage of any tech company when it comes to content deals. They do have the risk of alienating, say, Disney, which they've always been closely aligned with. But I, I think the risk would be worth it because they could suddenly go to Amazon, Google, uh, Netflix, whoever, and say, look, we, we can give and we can take away. We own some of the most popular characters and franchises and to cable networks in the world. We own movie studios. We got I'll more to come. Us. One more segment with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. 
Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Let me just back up a little bit because we have one more segment to spend with Josh Centers. Back to the reasons that Netflix may not want to support TV app. Couldn't they make a deal with Apple to provide viewer data, even if it's anonymized? Yeah. And, you know, they could do, uh, what do they call it in iOS, where they collect the data. Some of it's randomized so that, you know, some of it's fake and it's truly anonymous. I can't think of the term off the top of my head right now. But yeah, I mean they could they could work something out. I don't quite know what the what the background dealing is there. I do know Netflix has been slow to support the Apple TV. I mean they were there from the start, but it was kind of a half baked app. I, I understand recently they've updated it. I need to double check that, but I think they have categories and such now. But it's curious because Netflix and Apple have always been kind of friendly, but for whatever reason they don't want to jump in on this TV deal. And frankly, without Netflix there from the start, I think it kind of dooms the TV app because, I mean, Netflix, if you're a cord cutter, or even if you're not, even if you're just a streaming person at all, Netflix is probably the core of what you do. Though I think there's a risk for Netflix here. I've, I've heard rumblings from my friends, so this is purely anecdotal, but I've heard more and more people say Netflix, it does not doing it for me anymore. Their TV and movie catalog has been, has been slashed by 50% in the past four years 
you know, the, the big thing for Netflix now is its original content. Well, if you're not interested in their original content, which for me, it's hit or miss. I think it's like that for most people. Netflix doesn't have a lot to offer. You know, if you're a movie fan, you're probably better off with Hulu. You know, if you like current TV shows, you're probably better off with Hulu or HBO. Yeah, but uh, there's still Star those TV. exclusive shows, maybe a half dozen or a dozen every year. So you have House of Cards, you have Daredevil, you have all these wonderful shows that Netflix brings to the table. And that may be enough, but will you subscribe to a service just for that? I don't well, know. Well, I mean, it's also possible with Netflix to say, you know what? I'll cancel my membership and I'll re-up when the shows I want are on, or maybe re-up for a month every year, binge watch everything, and then cancel. Right, and a lot of people do that now. I'm trying to do that with Stars. There's there's a couple of shows I like on Stars, like Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is such a fun show. I'm trying to get through so I can you know cancel it and move on. Have the extra ten bucks in my pocket. See, that's a problem for Netflix. You know, Netflix has trained people to binge watch. And so people now are like, oh, yeah, I subscribe for a month, binge watch what I want to see, cancel it, you know. And if people are bingy enough and there's only two or three shows they want to watch, they can easily do that. They can watch everything they want to see for the year and a month. And so that's a danger for Netflix. They're going to need something to bring people back month after month. HBO has done this. You know, at least they try to do this by, you know, spreading things out. You know, for instance, I was on the verge of canceling HBO Go now. I've kind of switched between them recently, but I was on the verge of canceling HBO entirely. And then they came up with Westworld. I'm like, well, crap. Now, now I'm hooked on this show. Now I got to watch Westworld. Maybe I can cancel it between Westworld and Game of Thrones. But, you know, maybe if they timed it correctly, you know, <laughs> there won't be too much of a gap there. Now, so. let's look at what CBS is trying to do with All Access. What they're going to do is debut the new Star Trek series next year. On CBS, a sampler episode, the pilot or whatever, this Good Wife spinoff that's also going to be on CBS. And then you want the rest, you got to subscribe to All Access. Will people do it on the strength of those two shows? I don't know. You know, I'm not too impressed with CBS All Access because it's not All Access. You can't watch live NFL games. They don't have person of interest uh, which was one of the big hits on CBS recently. I'm just not thrilled with it. And then this new Star Trek show, they had Brian Fuller, who did a lot of great shows, but my favorite, Hannibal. And so I was excited for that to see what he would do with Star Trek. And then they fired him. So I'm like, you know, I don't care about this new Star Trek. It sounds terrible now. And I don't want to pay eight bucks a month for the crappy service that isn't all access. It's CBS some access or CBS mediocre level of access. But, you know, it's a lot of money to spend just for CBS shows. And frankly, most of them are crap. Did they fire Brian Fuller or did he just quit or just go on to something else? You know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. But I, well, I mean, he, I try to make it sound like he bowed out. But I mean, he's a huge Trekkie. And all he could talk about for the past year was how much he loved working on the Star Trek show, how much he always wanted to work on a Star Trek show. So if he quit, I think he was made to quit, um, which is probably a worse sign than if they just fired him. But something isn't right here. And if Brian Fuller's not involved, you know, I'll give it a chance maybe, but I'm a lot less interested, especially if it's your cost. What is it, eight bucks a month for CBS All Access? But they got to give me a whole lot more for that price. You know, we've been talking here on occasion how to monetize this show. Should we make it all subscription? And right now we're carried by GCN on 21 stations. It's not a moneymaker because our income is ad slots to sell, which is typical of a lot of shows like us. 
if we go subscription only, people have to pay to listen. But then 99% of the people out there will say, you know what? There are other tech shows. They're free. Why am I paying for this one? We offer a commercial-free version for those who want it for a small number of our listeners. But if we were to go all subscription, a lot of the things we get from being on the network, in addition to the wider listenership, credibility to possible guests, all that kind of thing, it goes out the window. Everything is a trade-off. I don't know about having too many of these streaming services separately with separate monthly bills. The problem being is if you're cutting the cord, it's not because you don't like what's on cable or satellites because you want to save money and get most of what you can separately. But if it's $6 here, $8 here, you add that up and have to negotiate between all these services, especially now with TV app, it's not going to have Netflix. You have to do that suddenly cutting the cord doesn't seem so romantic unless you can restrict yourself to a regular TV antenna and maybe one network. Right. Well, and and this is the thing. As this stuff evolves, we're starting to see what value the cable companies actually offer because they do all this negotiation for you. And it's just just complicated, messy business. I I do like the direction things are going. And I could could do a whole episode on all these various cord-cutting services. I've, I've tried them all at this point. It seems like I pay more than ever. But you also have more choice. The big thing for me are the broadcast networks. I, I would need a ridiculous antenna to pick up the broadcast networks, and those are what I need. Those are, those are what keep me on cable. Once a service comes along that's reasonably priced that can get me at least two, three of those broadcast networks, I can probably move on. Yeah, that's really the sticking point at this point. Now, if you live in a suburb or a city and you use like a Mohu or those little paper antennas, that's great. But for us country people, we uh, you know we still need cable or satellite or you know some sort of other solution. Okay, just quickly because we have to go. How far are you from a big city and the big city stations? About 50, 60 miles. Oh, you see, that's why cable came in the first place. Right. To serve the interests of people in outlying areas by having one central community antenna system to pick up those distance stations. That's how it started before we got into these cable networks and the rest of the mess. It was simple at one time. Things are never simple anymore. Josh Centers, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Find my articles on tidbits.com, my books at takecontrolbooks.com, and my various rantings and ravings on Twitter at Jay Centers. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com, sunshine-pillows.com.
You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Offer not valid in all states or work prohibited by law. See website for details. Need some extra cash today? Do you have bad credit or maxed out credit cards? If so, turn your radio up. 45cash.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks with over 50 different lenders. Now you can get a personal loan for up to $5,000 with any type of credit discreetly from your computer or smartphone and with no paperwork to send in. That's right, no paperwork whatsoever. Your cash will hit your bank account as soon as tomorrow as our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Visit 45cash.com and you can have up to $5,000 in no time. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income and you can get the loan you need now, regardless of your credit. Go to 45cash.com from your smartphone or computer to get the cash you need. Visit 45cash.com. Type www.45cash.com directly into the address bar. That's 45cash.com. 45cash.com. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-9833. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call miniCPAP.com now. 1-800-441-9833. Again, that's 1-800-441-9833. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, 
And we've got a lot to talk about. But one of those things is a curious or frightening fact with regard to the Samsung issues. We all know about the stuff they had with the Galaxy Note 7 where they burst into flame. And I guess we never really kind of figured out what happened there or why, because they didn't figure it out. But now we have another issue. And the other issue is about their washing machines. And it tells me, hey, Samsung washing machines are dangerous to your health, Brian? I, <laughs> I hate to show uh, too much uh, uh, schadenfreude. Uh, over over Samsung's woes, but you know, I I longtime listeners will probably realize that I'm I'm not very fond of the company and and don't think highly of its uh of its corporate practices or its corporate um moral compass. Um, and uh, my heart certainly reaches out to the I think nine people who have been injured already from these uh, Samsung washing machines. But yeah, 2.8 million washing machines have been called back, uh, recalled. Um, and this is, of course, is, you know, coming in the wake of the, uh, of the uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 7 recalls when, you know, that's been a complete disaster for the company. So yeah, not, not a very good uh, quarter for uh, Samsung. Now, I don't know if there was ever in my lifetime, which is really long, a washing machine recall of any note. Do you recall one ever? Mm, no, but is that really the kind of thing? Um, let's, uh, we have that internet thing, right? We could probably check this. Um, of course, all the links I'm getting are about Samsung. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is if this is the sort of thing that, that that uh, that really would have risen to most of our radars, right? So I, I don't recall anything, but just I don't know if that's actually definitive. You know, I found something. Yeah, there's a site called WeMakeItSafer.com, and it lists washing machine recalls going back to 1999. And yeah, you know, there are a few. GE had several. LG, Kenmore. I guess LG and Kenmore must be making the same machines. Kenmore, GE, Crossley, Frigidaire, Crossley, Frigidaire, Kelvinator, Kenmore. A part of it is I think a lot of these machines are all made by the same company with different brand names. And to be fair, Samsung makes its own products. I mean, they do it using a lot of times stolen IP, but you know, whatevs. Um, but and they do they do at least do their own manufacturing. That's that's something I got to give uh, Samsung some credit for. Right, and some of these are pretty bad, like Maytag and Samsung front-loading washing machines, two thousand seven. For this one. And these involve a potential fire and burn hazard. Ouch. Hmm. Okay. I have a Maytag washing machine. I really need to look at it. But now we're going back to 2005, 2007. Again, it's almost always fire, burn hazard, explosion, shock, that sort of thing. And it's probably like a tumbler or on one of these other parts. 
that's inclined to fall apart. So, all right, Samsung is not the only one. It's not the first time for Samsung. And I'd have to look at each one of these at WeMakeItSafer.com to see, with regard to these recalls, how many units were recalled. Sure. Okay? It could be 10. I don't know. The thing is here, it's all coming down on Samsung now because you have the washing machines, you have the smartphones, their income is down. They don't need to hear this right now. You know. No, couldn't happen to a, a nicer bunch of uh, intellectual property thieves. And I looked at a, one of the other recalls at random, and one involving a GE profile front load washer, 60,000 units. Not 2.8 million, <laughs> 60,000. I'm going to go right. through a couple of others as we talk because you have to click a more info link that's very slow to come up, and we'll see. The thing here is Samsung has done a very poor job of damage control. You know, there are ways for corporations to handle damage control, for corporations to express contrition for what went wrong and to promise that they never do it again and that they care about their customers. You go to Samsung's site, you know what to do if you have the product, but there's no contrition. Well, I mean, do you think every company shows contrition in the face of a recall? Because I don't. Well, not everyone, but obviously we had the situation with regard to the Volkswagen cars where they falsified the emissions testing procedure. And as a result, all the diesel cars from 2009 onward were polluting up to 40 times the limit allowed by law because of that. I assure you Volkswagen apologized big time. They're spending $15 billion to fix the problem. They've been hurt. Their dealers have been hurt. On the other hand, if you want to buy a really great car, I love Volkswagens. You can probably get a great deal if you're willing to put up with the fact that the trade-in value is not going to be so great, I guess, unless you stay within the Volkswagen family. But there is a company that expressed contrition. Back in the early 80s, we had Johnson Johnson. They had to recall Tylenol because some of these bottles were tampered with with poison. And they had to redesign the bottles. Okay? They had to redesign the bottles in order to get this taken care of. And they did it and they apologized. When Apple Maps was a huge failure, first introduced, Tim Cook writes a letter. We're sorry. We're going to make it better. In the meantime, go ahead and download somebody else's software. Get mapping software you feel works. And that's it. The point being here is that Apple did it right. Johnson Johnson paved the way back in the early 80s for doing it right. Yeah, that was actually a groundbreaking um, move, the way they handled um, that particular recall. And they were, I mean, 
that was actually against uh, some of the advice uh, with from the legal department within the company. And they ended up uh, doing just what you said. They sort of set the bar for, and set the stage for how a lot of companies would handle these things uh, going forward. As a result, they ended up recovering. Yeah. The company ended up recovering. Samsung is obviously being hurt. Their smartphone profits are are way, way down. As a matter of fact, the way it is now, according to one published report, and our listeners are probably aware of this, and that is that Samsung reported lower profits. Apple has now earned in the last quarter 105% of the profits in the smartphone business. And the reason is some companies lose money. Yeah. So, I mean, even though Apple has had lower sales, they are making a boatload of money. We're going to have more to talk about with Samsung and their problems and so many more issues. The controversial MacBook Pro with Touch Bar and Touch ID is a huge example. So much more to work on. Not so much time. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. ProPure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. 
use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer, or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Sight. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis, 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts, available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. one 800 591 Want to build a maintenance-free, low-and-slow charcoal briquette fire that burns for hours? For free, MeatMastersRadio.com will show you how to build a low-temp charcoal fire that's guaranteed fiddle-proof. It's easy and free. MeatMastersRadio.com teaches charcoal barbecue skills on new topics every week. Go to MeatMastersRadio.com. That's MeatMastersRadio.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. I don't know if we mentioned this last week. We're now on our radio station in Lubbock, Texas. Okay? Hello, Lubbock, Texas. Thanks for listening to the Tech Night Out Live and your support. And thank you also for listening to the Paracast. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. We're talking about Samsung's problems where they're recalling products. And this happens over the years. We looked at other recalls of washing machines over the years for this hazardous problem, fire hazards, and all sorts of things. And the problem is here is that Samsung is recalling 2.8 million, which is a pretty high number. Because some of the other ones are much lower figures in terms of that. So, for example, here's one 500,000 units in 2012 involving LG electronics. And LG, of course, being a very much direct-on rival to Samsung. But 2.8 million, the mind is boggling. See, my mind is kind of boggling as we talk about it. And Samsung has no clue. So do you think here that a lot of what Apple is seeing or some of what Apple's seeing with the potential of higher sales this quarter is because Samsung's name is Toast? Well, you know, I don't know that Samsung's name is toast in the smartphone business. And 
Uh, also, keep in mind that uh, Apple making 105% of, uh, of, of profits in a quarter doesn't actually mean that Apple has sold that many more units. It just means that Samsung lost that much money. Samsung lost billions of dollars on the, uh, on the Note recall so far. And Samsung's brand has definitely taken, taken a hit. And the Galaxy Note brand has taken what I am guessing will be a terminal hit. I, I would be shocked if we saw a Galaxy Note 8. Absolutely shocked. Seems like they need to come up with another name for their largest um, form factor uh, smartphone. Uh, even if it's essentially the same product line, but just with a new name. Uh, it, Samsung has def definitely taken a hit. Apple will benefit from some of that, but I think that some of the Android competitors out there will benefit from some of it too. Google Pixel, Google might sell more of its Pixel device. LG and HTC might sell some more devices. Uh, uh, Huawei is supposedly entering the uh, U.S. market, aiming at the high end, high end of the market. So, you know, they may be able to get some uh, initial market share that they wouldn't have been able to get had Samsung not be, been having these problems. But I, I think that Samsung will be able to recover. Well, I think also part of it is that the public has a short attention span about things like this. I don't know about the Galaxy Note. I think that brand name is gone. But I think over the long haul, if they make big publicity pushes and do lots of incentives... Now, when we're talking also about Pixel, phone by Google, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how well is that even really doing yet. They claim it's selling twice as much in terms of the early orders as the Nexus, but the Nexus went nowhere. So this is half nowhere because it's available for Google and one carrier. It's getting a reasonable amount of advertising, but with only one carrier, that really has to limit sales. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And you know, Google's hardware aspirations have always appeared muted, at least by Apple standards. Um, I don't think the Pixel is going to pick up all the, uh, you know, like all of Samsung's business, for instance. That, that's certainly not going to happen. So I assume it'll go to different companies. Apple will get some, LG will get some, HTC will get some. Yeah. But nobody's going to go to the remnants of Nokia or BlackBerry? No. <laughs> you, I agree. That will not happen. In a way, that's kind of sad because what we're seeing here, of course, is iOS and Samsung getting the lion's share of everything and LG getting something, HTC, the Moto units from Lenovo, is it right? Lenovo owns them, right? Motorola? Yeah. That's kind of sad because there are also some players in Asia that are getting sales. But really, you have just the same situation, I guess, we had in personal computers, where it was Mac and Windows, except here, Apple has a much larger market share still of the smartphone market than they did of the personal computer market ever, except in the very early days, right? Um, sure. Um, Apple's floor in the smartphone business appears to be much greater. And more importantly, Apple's overall ecosystem, including the Mac product line, 
but including the iPad, including Apple TV, including iTunes, right? Including the App Store and iBooks. All of these things together make Apple's position in mobile more of a of a night and day difference from Apple's position in the the old desktop paradigms of of the nineties and early two thousands. Um, uh, you know, I, I, the the iPhone is as solid as can be, and um, this is exacerbated by the fact that Apple does make almost all, if not all, of the profits in the smartphone hardware business. I mean, Apple, I mean, Apple really couldn't do that much better when it comes to mobile. Well, the thing is here is that when you look at market share, you're looking at one product line from Apple, a smartphone, compared to multiple product lines from Samsung, not just smartphones, but cheap smartphones and feature phones. And if you actually subdivided those markets, Apple would seem far better. And obviously, they've got the lion's share of the profits. But let's take a look now at, I guess, one of the more controversial Apple product intros in recent years, and that is the MacBook Pro. Now, it's interesting here. You've noticed this too, Brian, I'm sure. The rumors had it pegged good. They talked about an OLED-type display replacing function keys with context-sensitive offerings. They talked about cutting back MacBook Air to just the 13-inch model. All this came out several weeks before Apple had its announcement. Is that all supply chain chatter? Sure. You know, Apple just has too many fingers in its manufacturing line to keep hardware secret. The only hardware that Apple ever keeps secret is something that they're making uh, themselves and they make almost no hardware themselves. They make the Mac Pro. Um, uh, you know, that was introduced three and a half years ago <laughs> with without any leaks ahead of time. And, uh, but generally speaking, Apple can't keep a hardware secret anymore. There are just too many fingers in the pie, just too many eyeballs on what's going on. And then Apple has to do too much of a ramp up ahead of time to where um, you know these these products are actually being manufactured months before they're they're officially launched. So yeah, no no secrets. And it's not that Apple could go and talk to a vendor and say, you know what, we're not going to give you any business if you don't shut people down because you can't. A lot of these companies have spent many millions of dollars with Apple to build custom fabricated parts custom production lines so it can't be done apple puts up with it well it's not it's not even so much that what happens with a lot of apple's product line is that there aren't that many companies that can do what apple needs to be uh, needs to have done because apple's specs requirements ideas concepts um, uh, manufacturing processes these things are also specialized that not just any company can do it that's one reason why Apple can't necessarily fire anyone. Like if you remember when uh, AMD spilled the beans on new Mac Pros the night before an Apple keynote, and Steve pulled those from not only from the product line but from the keynote, he just he just he he shunned them for years. 
it was a huge blow to to AMD at the time. And it's a little bit different now. It's a little bit different with the kind of supply chain that Apple has has to deal with. And um, it, in part because of the things I just rattled off, it's just so much of what Apple needs to have done is highly specialized. So not anybody can do it. And then also, you got to know where the leak is coming from to be able to fire someone in the first place. And I think a lot of times there's just no way to track down that leak. There's just no way sometimes, if not all the times. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we continue. MacBook Pro, Touch ID. All right. A lot of people are concerned about this. I think mostly for the price. A lot of the other objections are foul objections like, well, why doesn't it have more than 16 gigabytes of RAM? But no previous model did. And there are legitimate reasons for that we can discuss later. But it's Touch ID and mostly price. What's your take? Apple is in an interesting position when it comes to things like innovating. I think it was... um, uh, 
Chuck, uh, photographer Chuck uh, von Rosbach, who said uh, that we demand that Apple innovate while insisting that Apple doesn't change anything. And this is this is kind of true. Like we want Apple to to push the boundaries, but then we get cranky when Apple actually pulls some legacy technology out of its devices. To wit, uh, the iPhone Seven and the headphone jack. Apple pulled the headphone jack, moved to audio coming through either Bluetooth or the Lightning port, and you know, and and that's just the way it's going to be. And people are cranky about it. Apple pulls going back to the to the Mac. Well, Apple pulled ADB. People were cranky about it. We're going back to the original iMac back in 1997, right? Apple pulling FireWire. Apple pulling um, obstacle drives out of its uh, uh, portable Mac line. I mean, you know, whenever Apple does these things, people get cranky about it. You see, right I, now, for example, they're saying you're charging us more. Give us all these adapters. Now they did that with the iPhone. Because there's more immediate impact. With the MacBook Pro, they've dealt with ports before and they never gave you adapters. And people also forget that the original MacBook Pro was more expensive when they went to the slimmer design. They were more expensive then and much closer in price to the current models. They also forget, for example, that the 2014 iMac with... Retina display, the 5K display, it was $24.99. A year later, they had an enhanced version with faster chips, with the wider color gamut, and the price came down. Today, the 1999 27-inch iMac is essentially about the same or slightly better version of the $24.99 version. So the price came down 20%. The prices have come down by several hundred dollars in the MacBook Pro. It's now kind of mostly back to where it was, what, three, four years ago? Am I right? Well, yeah, but the entire rest of the industry has become less expensive. And if you compare the specs on what you get for $5,000 on the new MacBook Pro to what you're getting for, you're paying half of that in the PC world right now to get the same specs or better, including more RAM on, in a laptop. And Part of part of the issue there is that, of course, what you're not getting on the PC side, of course, you're not getting OS 10 or Mac OS as it's called now, and you're also not getting the thinness and the the design sensibility of um, of Apple's, uh, you know, the, the that Mac thing. But the question is whether or not Apple is sacrificing too much on the altar of thinness. When it comes to things like performance, it, it, in particular, the RAM issue, the 16 gigs of RAM that, that, that's a maximum, the way hardware and software have evolved, 32 gigs is where a pro machine should at least have the option of being. I, I don't think there's there's any way around that. And you can't get 32 gigs of RAM if you're spending $5,000 on a new MacBook Pro. Here's the thing to bear in mind. Apple claims that the standard memory controller that comes with that chip is 16 gigabytes. If you use a different way of doing it, as they do in PC land, you sacrifice the all-day battery life substantially. 
only if you're keeping it as thin as it needs to be, as thin as Apple says it needs to be. That's the only way you can justify the the, the battery problem is if it is somehow a given that the new MacBook Pro has to be 23% or 17% thinner than the previous one. And when it comes to pro users, most pro users will put up with a little bit more thickness for some performance. Now, supposedly a future generation of the Intel processor will allow for the 32 gigabytes without any of these workarounds or without any problem with the size of the unit. So is that what Apple expects, that people will put up to with what's there now because that's what's always been, knowing that the second and third year it gets better in many ways. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I don't I know. Suppose. I mean, I'm not the product guy. I don't know about the trade-offs. Now, I think here that Apple in some ways was desperate to do a lot of things with this MacBook Pro because there is no real innovation in notebook computers anymore. The PCs have the two-in-one, and they all kind of look like MacBook Airs now. And what else are they offering? Yeah, well, um, you know, there hasn't been any... uh, I've been talking about this for, for, I don't know, 13, 14 years now. Apple Apple and Microsoft were the only two companies, and Intel, only three companies, that were doing any... R&D, any real R&D in the PC space for a long time. Companies like Dell, which used to make all of the, uh, you know, all the money, and companies like HP, they, if they were doing R&D, it was generally speaking doing R&D into uh, uh, manufacturing processes. You know, Dell, like I used to, my, my, my quip was that Dell was always looking for a way to use one less screw. So that they could all, you know, in this in this perpetual race to the bottom that Dell led, and no one was doing any R and D in terms of new technologies um, to bring to consumers or new concepts, except for Apple, Intel, and Microsoft, and uh, um, that you know essentially remains the same, I suppose. I mean, Microsoft is is pushing this two in one toaster fridge thing, um, and they're certainly you know, garnering some market share with that too. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. The answer to your question is no. Not many people are doing much in in the way of bringing innovations into the lap, laptop space other than thinner and two-in-one. So here Apple has thinner and yeah. they've got touch part. I won't talk so much about Touch ID because that fingerprint sensor technology is already present in some PC notebooks, not from Authentic, which is the company Apple bought, but someone else's fingerprint technology. So it's not unique. What's unique is the touch bar. Can that make a difference? Is it enough for people to overlook the price thing? No. I don't think touch bar is... is I mean, early adopters... Early adopters will 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 be keen on trying out the touch bar but but the jury is going to be out on touch bar until it's been out long enough for developers to to be able to embrace it um 
it, and and generally speaking, I think that like so one of the things that Phil Schiller said in an interview with the Independent, the UK newspaper, uh, he talked about um, uh, the new MacBook Pro, and he said that they're the they got more pre-orders for the new MacBook Pros than they've ever gotten for any MacBook Pro before. And um, that may well be the case, but I think that what is feeding a lot of that early demand, these pre-orders, is the fact that it's been so long since Apple updated these things that there's a lot of pent-up demand for the device, independent of its actual features and qualities. Let's go into more of that in our next segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg, and that means you're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. American-made food storage I love to eat. Yum! Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? 
Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-9256. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9256. Call 1-800-958-9256. 1-800-958-9256. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal and penetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer for the final three segments of the Tech Night Owl Live. And what he's suggesting here is one factor that is causing a lot of pre-orders is pent-up demand. People have been waiting for something new in the MacBook Pro, and here it is, and they're acting. The other issue is, usually when Apple has released a MacBook Pro in the past, it is shipping today. They've got enough on hand to manage demand. Here they're back-ordered, and we don't know how many units Apple has built, how many will be available when it officially goes on sale, I guess, another week or so. We don't know how many. We don't know how many Apple can produce. We don't know how long it will take them to reach full production. So it could be that. The fact is that you had to pre-order, whereas in recent years you didn't. Well, fair enough. That's actually a really good point, Gene. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. One way or another, there are a lot of Mac users who have been waiting for Apple to update uh, Mac hardware because, you know, the like the entire product line, is, is, it had just been forever since anything had been updated. So um, that's going to feed some of that in, initial demand. I, I think there's certainly a lot of curiosity about the touch bar. But I don't think that the touch bar per se is going to be driving adoption because people don't actually know yet what they're going to do with it. As a matter of fact, this is actually one of the problems that we get because Apple does, has been doing stage rollouts for years now where they'll bring a new um, hardware feature to one device or one part of a product line and then slowly roll it out to other parts of the product line uh, as the years go by. Touch ID would be the great example of that. It started off on on the iPhone. Uh, next year came to the, the iPad, although not the entire iPad line. Still hasn't come to the Mac line. Well, it has now with the MacBook Pro. 
and uh, this is this has taken years. Force touch and 3D touch on uh, force touch being the the uh, haptic feedback pressure sensitive thing that Apple was doing first on um, trackpads and then on Apple Watch and then eventually on iPhone 6s and 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 iPhone 7 and because it's not everywhere not everybody makes it a part of their workflow developers don't necessarily embrace it and you've got the same situation with the touch bar you have one device one product line within Apple's broader Mac line that has this and it's going to be a long time before that particular product has a meaningful share of active Macs. Now, of course, one touchstone there would be how to handle the desktop situation with like a magic keyboard too. And how to handle that, I just wonder because right now you basically have the MacBook Pro with two operating systems. You've got the mini iWatch operating system with the chip, the ARM chip, handling the touch bar. And I guess also the Touch ID. And the rest of it is a standard Intel personal computer. So you've got that. Can you do that with a separate keyboard? Embed not the Touch ID so much, but embed the components for the touch bar and not make it too expensive. I guess at the beginning it will be. But Apple has to consider that, that they're selling a lot of iMacs, not so much with the Mac Pro or the Mac Mini, but a lot of iMacs. And then what about the MacBook? Does it get a touch bar? Will there be a MacBook with touch bar, or does Apple restrict that to the professional market? Now, bear in mind also, Apple, as they announced, some third parties like Microsoft, Adobe, the company that makes the DJ software, they are already doing this, but Apple obviously reached out to them and probably had their developers contribute in some way, to that process. What do you think? Well, uh, first we got to back up to the the, the keyboard. I, I would imagine that if Apple were to do a standalone keyboard for, you know, iMac or Mac Mini or Mac Pro, whatever, that it would probably, if it had Touch Bar integrated into it, it would probably be a two hundred dollar device. It could conceivably be more. But I'm guessing in that that $200 range because that is essentially a discrete computer that's handling the touch bar, right? So a keyboard that had touch bar embedded in it would need to have that discrete computer too, as well as, of course, the, the, the discrete um, display that is the touch bar. And, you know, those things cost money and it's everything's got to, to work if it's going to have Touch ID embedded in it, too. It's going to have to have the secure enclave. You know, all of that stuff uh, means money. I don't think Apple could introduce that inexpensively at all. I'm guessing, though, that pro users in particular would readily embrace it. So right now, the Magic Keyboard is $99. So this is $199. That would be pretty good. And I'm assuming if it happens, it's going to be next year where they've had more time to develop this technology and find ways to make it cheaper. I'm also interested here in this thing here of using two processors and two operating systems on a Mac. I don't see any reason for Apple ever going 
to ARM for Mac OS, but this trick of using or doing certain system things with the ARM chip system-level functions, is that something that can expand over time? Yeah, it certainly could. And I seeing some of the issues that Apple has had with Intel not catering to you know, so okay, Apple has had an issue with Intel for a long time where Intel was not initially focused on power. Apple was saying, look, you gotta make these things use less power. You've got to you've got to make your processors use less power because Battery life is a thing, and we want to make these devices thin, and you got to help us out. And for a long time, Intel said no. Intel, Intel's only focus was in more powerful. And now, with the rise in ARM, boosted in part by the iPhone, Intel did eventually start embracing power consumption, low power consumption. Um, but I, th- I think that that the issue that we've seen with the processors that are being used in this MacBook Pro and the limitations that's given on um, uh, both the power side, the, the issues with the RAM, it makes me think more than ever that Apple might be willing and wanting to develop a, an, a version of the ARM that would be desktop class. They're getting close. If you look at the benchmarks for the iPhone 7, and imagine an A10X chip for a future iPad. That takes it into upper-mid-range for notebook computers already. So there is something going on there, but I have to tell you, we'll have more going on as we progress. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. From the pages of the Bible comes a terrifying account of an ancient beast that was half man, half demon. It is returned in the best-selling novel Nephilim by L.A. Marzulli. Indiegogo presents you with an opportunity to get involved in making this supernatural novel into a major motion picture. Join journalist Mac McKenzie as he travels halfway around the world to uncover the truth about aliens and demons. Join our Indiegogo campaign to get Nephilim made into a movie. Go to Indiegogo.com, hashtag Nephilim. Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Yongevity. We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for healthcare than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system can have a total mental brain fart, and if you do this, you will be able to 
to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of money. Are you feeling embarrassed or stuck because you can't focus or concentrate? I have a confession to make. I spent years unable to think clearly, like I was in a fog. I was going through the motions, running my companies, and I hated feeling mentally sluggish. I couldn't get ahead like this. It's no secret. The powers that be want us dumbed down. Chemicals? Fluoride? Our brains are under siege, and we are experiencing lower IQs. But now there is a weapon to fight back and win. Introducing DNA Evolve, a revolutionary breakthrough in the category of cognitive enhancers called nootropics. I've been using DNA Evolve and couldn't feel better. For me, it works. It feels great to get things done again and get ahead. Try a free sample for yourself at DNAEvolveSample.com. That's DNAEvolveSample.com. Supplies are limited, so go to DNAEvolveSample.com right now. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, desktop class ARM processors. Apple is mostly there now. An A10X can be twice as powerful or 50% more powerful for a future iPad. Also, these chips are designed for super low power. If they are scaled up for a standard notebook computer with a much bigger battery or a desktop computer, they're going to be a pretty good match, aren't they? Uh, you know, it's it's not... It's not just a matter of scaling. It's the way that data is processed. It's the way that calculations are done. There, there are a lot of architectural differences between the x86 um, uh, architecture that, that Intel uses and the uh, ARM architecture that is used in, in ARM processors. The thing that I think may be the most attractive element to Apple 
may simply be the ability to control its own processor development like it does with the iPhone. You know, Apple is designing some of the best mobile chips on the planet. And it's 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 a thing that, that people don't even think of Apple as being. But, but Apple is, in fact, a chip designer and a world-class chip designer at that. But again, there are differences between what a, what a, a desktop or even a, a, a laptop computer needs versus what a mobile device needs. The, the question is whether or not Apple could bridge that, that difference. And if Apple can bridge that difference, I think that Apple would bridge that difference. I think that Apple would love to be able to own its processor experience from start to finish. There are considerations here. Number one is developer migration. Number two is an emulator to allow it to be able to continue to work with software. On the other hand, maybe Apple can do this, say, produce it cheaply enough, offer a two-processor computer where it still has the Intel chip for Intel apps. And as more and more apps become ARM, the ARM takes over. But what about things like running a PC virtual machine? You see, and do Mac sales justify that kind of investment? Well, it's a good question. When, when you look at what Apple's been doing with the Mac line, you, uh, I, I think that Mac fans in particular can, can be very excused to question whether or not Apple is, is truly committed to the Mac. The Mac Pro hasn't been updated for three years. Apple is uh, – it was introduced three and a half years ago. It shipped three years ago, and Apple is still selling the same device at the same price three years later. Boggles my mind. The Mac Mini has been languishing for years, even – MacBook and MacBook Pro and MacBook Air product revs have been coming slower and slower. I, th- I think a reasonable person could look at that and ask exactly what you just asked. It, are there enough Macs being sold for, our, for Apple to justify the hassle of doing a migration? And the answer to that may be no. And the answer to that may also be buried within where Apple sees the Mac going in the future because Apple may not be all that interested in in doing the Mac forever. Well, of course, they make this comment about they expect to see the notebook computer in the traditional design as with the original PowerBook up to the MacBook Pro today for another 25 years. But Apple says things. You shouldn't necessarily believe it. They may also be in close touch with Intel, as we assume they are, and have been assured that Intel is going to be able to improve its efficiency with future designs of processors. And there's another issue, too, with regard to a new Mac Pro. I was looking at the price lists. The latest Intel processor family is KB Lake, just kind of getting online now. They don't even have the quad-core chips that Apple might have used for the MacBook Pro. The only Xeons I saw from the KB Lake family, and Xeon is what they use in Mac Pro, The only Xeons I saw were 4-core. Apple wants 8-core, 12-core. So maybe they're waiting till maybe the first quarter of next year to get the latest Xeon chips to stick in there because I don't see a big investment in that. Just upgrade the chips, upgrade the graphics card, do a few tricks with the SSD, minimal investment, and sell it. We can't know because unlike other Macs, they're built in Austin, Texas. So you don't have the supply chain chatter 
as you do with other Macs. We don't know what they're doing because of that. So Apple could be working on a new Mac Pro. The thing that bothered me, and you read all the interviews, Brian, nobody appears to have asked Apple's representatives, especially Phil Schiller, hey, Phil, this looks great. What about the Mac Pro, the Mac Mini, the iMac? What's the story? And look at their response to see how to address that. They could say, we don't talk about future products. They could say, well, of course, we can't tell you what we're working on, but we continue to feel really hopeful about the future of the Mac platform, which would give people some hope. Say something. Before the Mac Pro revision in 2013, Tim Cook wrote a letter to someone saying, something's coming. Where's the comment? Or are all journalists afraid to ask Apple these things? Well, I mean, so my guess is that Apple would answer along these lines. Customers continue to love the the, the Mac Pro, you know, and it offers amazing performance and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know that people are afraid to ask. I, I think that, that uh, Gruber mentioned uh, some regret that he that he didn't ask that when he had uh, Craig Federighi and Phil Schiller on his uh, talk show. Phil Schiller did offer a commitment to both desktop and laptop Macs in that interview that he did with the uh, with the independent he specifically said that apple is is uh, remains dedicated to to those product lines it's just you know I, as a mac fan i want to see i want to see some some action where that mouth is you know what i'm saying well maybe this will come in spring of 2017, which is when I think we'll see the next generation of Macs. The other issue, and I raise it with our other guests on the show, Josh Centers of Tidbits. What about a version of the iMac with more professional parts? So they use the 8-core processor from the i7 line. They use, instead of a Fusion drive with the solid-state drive, and the traditional hard drive, they offer two internal solid-state drives. Suddenly, you've got a computer here that may pick up a lot of the potential business of the Mac Pro, particularly if the new graphics hardware can add two external 5K displays. So you have a total of three. If they could do that, and obviously more powerful graphics than the current MacBook Pro, wouldn't they pick up a lot of this business? Conceivably. I mean, you know, the, the PC industry seems to be really interested in this this space that Apple is neglecting, which is, which is interesting. HP in particular has been making um, devices and really pushing them heavily towards disaffected Mac Pro users, uh, the, the, the Creator Pros in particular. And, uh, you know, so it's interesting to me that, 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 that HP sees, sees the amount of business that Apple appears to be willing to give up as desirable enough to go for it. And yet it's not desirable, uh, desirable enough for Apple to try to keep it. And it's super frustrating because Creative Pros not only sustained Apple during its darkest years, they, there is also a massive halo effect that goes along with those people. You know, the music producers, musicians, filmmakers, the folks who make TV shows, you know, all, all of that free advertising that Apple gets from product placement that happens because the, the, they're Mac users who are making the show. 
and they want Max in their shows. You know, if those people are forced to go off to, to, to the world of PCs, we're not going to see those kinds of product placements. Let's continue that in the next segment. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. From the pages of the Bible comes a terrifying account of an ancient beast that was half man, half demon. It is returned in the best-selling novel Nephilim by L.A. Marzulli. Indiegogo presents you with an opportunity to get involved in making this supernatural novel into a major motion picture. Join journalist Mac McKenzie as he travels halfway around the world to uncover the truth about aliens and demons. Join our Indiegogo campaign to get Nephilim made into a movie. Go to Indiegogo.com, hashtag Nephilim. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 
800-930-5137. Diabetes is at war with your circulatory system. Fight back with Cardivite. Cardivite is a dietary supplement containing powerful herbs for circulation and healthy cardiac function. Improve your energy, stamina, and mental acuity. Reduce swelling, cold hands, and risk of amputation. Get your blood flowing with Cardivite. This five-star rated product was developed by a diabetic pharmacist and is available online at www.getbloodflowing.com. That's www.getbloodflowing.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So product placement is very important for Apple. We see Apple gear on lots of TV shows and in movies. And does Apple lose that business? I think do not believe Apple wants to lose that business. I don't think they care if the MacBook Pro only sells 50,000 copies a year. I think they're looking into some kind of future upgrade possibility and they're waiting for newer chips from Intel before they release them. If Apple was satisfied with with moving 50,000 Mac Pro units a year, then we would have seen some minor updates to the existing Mac Pro over the last three years. If Apple was willing to make that investment, despite the lack of direct financial return, we wouldn't be seeing a three-year-old device being sold for the same price that it was being sold three years ago. When all of the, when the processor in particular and the uh, the amount of RAM and the, the video cards have all been long ago left behind. They may also be working on some kind of update in a different way. Maybe a larger Mac Pro that has more internal expansion. Because I think that was an awkward, wrong-headed decision. By mm-hmm. making everything external, you create a wiring harness nightmare. If you had two internal drives, two processors, a couple of PCI cards, how much bigger would that thing be? And we're talking about the pro market. The pro market is the market that is most likely to actually need these things. You know, pros need storage. Pros need to be able to upgrade their video cards because because video cards do get better. You know, uh, pros need to be able to add more RAM as the operating system gets more complex. Pros need to be able to to uh, have more storage. I mean, it's it's intensely frustrating as um, uh, a person who loves the Mac line and as a person who watches the creative pro market. It, it's intensely frustrating, Gene. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I hope Apple will make an announcement. I think if they were going to kill the Mac Pro, they would have killed the Mac Pro. That they keep it on means they were looking at sales, looking at the mix, looking at the feedback from customers, and deciding what direction to take next. I just wish it were done. I just wish they would make a commitment one way or the other. I mean, we know what's happening to the MacBook Air because there's just one legacy model left, and maybe they're expecting that by next year, the MacBook at 1299 now can become 999 because that's 
not unusual for Apple. They make it $999. They lop off $300 off the MacBook Pro. Suddenly, you have a more fleshed-out lineup, and you don't miss the MacBook Air unless you sell it for $799. I don't know. I want to talk to you about one more topic. I don't know if you've mentioned this much or considered this much. There's been talk by some people that Apple is missing the boat by not trying to go after Time Warner because they get all this great content. They get Superman, Harry Potter, and Bucks Bunny, and CNN, HBO, all that stuff. We now have this AT&T merger that is controversial, except that both Republicans and Democrats seem against it. So it's not that controversial. Whoever becomes president may not accept it. Should Apple have gone after it, or should they look now to maybe make another offer? You know, Apple can pretty much buy whomever it wants. If Apple didn't make a bid on Time Warner, the only reason why is because Apple decided it it didn't want to go in that direction. You know, there's no one that can outbid Apple. There is no company too large for Apple to buy at this point. You know, Apple could pretty much arrange any kind of financing for any kind of merger that that it wanted to do. I would guess that Apple isn't overly interested in owning more of the content that it's pushing on products like Apple TV or even through the App Store and you know for on on products like iPhone and iPad. I would imagine that that Apple has decided that it doesn't want to be a major player in the content business that it is much more interested in actually being a conduit for other people's content and that that's why we're not reading about Apple buying Time Warner and instead are, are reading about a, AT&T wanting to buy Time Warner. I expect there'll be huge obstacles. If it goes through, there will be a load of terms and conditions that AT&T has to follow. The other thing here is they said the culture between Apple and Time Warner would be rather a difficult mix. And again, it's something quite different from anything Apple did. Apple acquired Beats Electronics for $3 billion, but that was the largest sort of acquisition they made. Here we're talking about a huge conglomerate with many divisions. And does Apple really want CNN? <laughs> I don't think Apple wants CNN. No, Warner Brothers is one thing. But CNN? Yeah. TNT? No. no. Um, well, TNT has a lot of virginal programming. So, you know, Apple could, could possibly be interested in that. I, I actually made the case that if Apple wanted content, that it could justify a major purchase like a company such as Time Warner by allowing that company to continue to operate separately. Normally, when Apple buys technology companies, Apple is integrating the people and technology of that company into its existing product areas. With a company like Time Warner, you're not going to integrate Time Warner into Apple. That was never going to happen. The thing that could have made that work for Apple is that it would be okay for Time Warner to continue acting separately because Apple owns Time Warner. Apple can get whatever kind of licensing that it needs and wants on music and TV and and, uh, video and movies and and whatnot. But again, I would say that uh, the fact that Apple is not the company buying Time Warner most likely means that, that Apple is not interested in being in that content providing business as a major player. Now, One more thing. We've got about a minute here. Aren't you disappointed that the TV app doesn't have Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, that is disappointing. It it could still come, mind you, 
But there is the most compelling explanation that I've encountered over why the TV app that's new for Apple TV doesn't have Netflix is because Netflix isn't keen on sharing viewership data. It doesn't share viewership data with its show producers. And if Netflix is going to be integrated into the TV app for Apple, they're almost by definition be sharing some viewership data. And the idea that, that Netflix would share that data with Apple but not share it with the producers of, say, House of Cards. When you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's easier to understand why Netflix isn't part of it. But yeah, it would be fantastic if it was. I just think Apple could set up something so they don't take that data. They work out a deal with Netflix to get the app on there. We're not going to look at your data. That's it. I'm sure there's a way not too difficult to simply block retrieval of that data and that's it and that's where it goes brian chaffin tell us about how we can get more of your stuff i am the editor-in-chief and co-founder of the mac observer at macobserver.com you can find my personal blog at geektells.com that's t-e-l-l-s you can find us on twitter by the way folks look for tech night owl look for tech night owl on twitter We have a second radio show about UFOs and things you go bump in the night. And we're doing the bump in the night thing this week with Michael Esposito on the Paracast. He has these amazing recordings of EVP voices in connection with haunted houses and things like that. Go to Paracast.com, Paracast.com to learn more. We'll also offer a special way for you to hear those voice files. Okay on Paracast.com. And if you want to really, really, and truly support this show, this is the best way to do it. Sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot We offer a commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio for a low subscription rate. And again, this is the best way that you, dear listener, can support the show at plus.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, man. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.